feel like that's the the reason why you don't see many like upcoming players all the time in PUBG. Yeah. Like I think Clip is a good example of like someone that just like kind of just like got picked up and he was just like good good enough basically. He just like I think he wasn't nervous either when he like first like started playing with us. I think he had probably I mean I can't say for sure but I think his mindset is like literally just like I'm better than these guys. So when yeah. he gets his shot at at a at a chance like Team Liquid he just knows he's better and there's no like he's not nervous or anything he just like stops people because of Welcome everybody to the ninth episode of the Hot Drop. A very special one as we have two guests for the first time where I am having a chat with EB and James um, today, two absolute OGs of the scene. And this is something we want to do um, regularly, once a month, uh, as I'm trying to move away from sort of the interview format and a little bit more to the podcast, chilling, chatting, um, speaking about everything in PUBG kind of format. But we're talking about all of that in the video. So to not waste any more of your time, two things really quick. This episode is going to have two parts. So uh, second part coming out later this week, probably in the weekend. Uh, stay, make sure you're subscribed for that. And that is the second thing. We are trying to push for a thousand subs so we can get partnered on YouTube. 65% um, of the people that watch my videos are not subscribed. Doesn't cost you anything. It uh, helps me out a ton. So uh, I'd love if people uh, that enjoy the content could hit the subscribe button uh, to get us a little bit further on YouTube, make these videos a little bit more worthwhile. And now enjoy the episode. Welcome everybody to a pretty special episode of the Hot Drop. The first of uh, hopefully many uh, three-man episodes. Uh, I am joined uh, by two very fine gentlemen. Um, what's up, Evie? What's up, James? Hello. Yo, what's up, guys? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so for everybody, it's a bit surprised. We've wanted to do this for a while. And we wanted to. Uh, I wanted to go away a little bit from the sort of one-on-one -on -one interview into like more of a chill hanging out, talking about PUBG kind of thing. And uh, now that we have gone through quite a lot of people and we've gotten some different perspectives, I think it's cool to just have a podcast that talks about just what happened this month, just what's going to happen the rest of the month, that kind of stuff. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing. And uh, we just started talking about PNC. And obviously both of you are going to be a little bit upset because you just don't have a chance to go. Um, and I'm in a bit of a weird spot because I don't know who the fuck's going to go from Germany. Um, but I mean, at least we're going, right? I There was a lot of talks in, in, in PLH as well, how the who should be allowed to go and, and how the format should work. What do you guys think? Yeah, where do we start? There's so many different countries going. I don't know. Uh, maybe kind of kind of weird, I think, that they cut Finland for Denmark. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Real but... fast. What did Finland get uh, less PNC? Fifth, right? No. Wasn't it way no? worse? All right. I'm going to pull oh, it Oh, no. I think, I think they were 16th, <clears throat> like 2019, right? Yes. And they got better in uh, PUBG Nations I mean, Cup. They, they started off really good. Yeah, they started off really good. And I mean, getting fifth is... Yeah. So it's not a performance and it's really weird decision kind of, right? It could because... be, it could be that ends dropped out. I don't know if they care about like that. There's no Finnish organizations anymore. I feel like it's a planned thing. I feel like they were like Nordics are all pretty good. We're going to like rotate between them. Cause like 
you can't tell me that the Finnish PUBG community is smaller than the Danish one, right? There is mm-hmm. fucking five and a half Danish comp players in like the tier one and two scene. Um, mm-hmm. There is like Finnish, the PSL was a thing for fucking ages. There's like a Finnish league going on all the time. Uh, they have like PUBG lands and shit. So that's not yeah. it. Performance is not it. Someone said the other day, Finland has like 5 million inhabitants. So, you know, they can't have that many PUBG fans. <laughs> but yeah. like, I don't know, bro. Like Denmark is not bigger. No way, right? No, I don't think so either. No. And then you have Norway. Norway got a whole Talia League. Like, I don't even know how many divisions there is. Like four and divisions or something. It's crazy. You, yeah, you would think they would invite then Norway over Denmark as well. Yeah. But they don't. So I feel like um, we're really lacking like good PUBG players though. We have like semi-good people or semi-pros or whatever you call it. Like yeah. we don't have like actual like good good pro players in Norway. But, so I don't know. But like look at how many like look at teams on the list, right? If, and and there's plenty of countries that have that problem, kind of. Yeah. Like, there is. Germany <clears throat> has three tier one comp players, right? Norway has <clears throat> has two and then you have formulation, right? You have bitfix. So like you have probably like a like you have probably like a better tier two scene maybe than Germany, um, but a like one less tier one player or something. It's not that far. It's not that different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a weird thing because then somebody comes around and says, "Oh, it's a community tournament," and then someone else says, "Yeah, it should be an all star tournament," and someone is like, "No, it's a nations cup. Like, you want to send the best team for your nation, but nobody really knows. There's no definition yeah. what it should be, right? So like, it's a really weird." tournament it, in a way it could have been fun if they, instead of just like inviting denmark or instead of inviting finland do like two scandinavian teams or something i don't know but something like that yeah but that i don't know i think that's cool in a way but it's also really unfair right because then you can do that for other regions too and I mean, yeah, yeah balkan okay, right yeah. you have the whole balkan yeah. region yeah for example yeah. that's a strong team but is that fair when you're comparing it to a country that only got their own country i don't know yeah and like what do you do with like for example the usa i think is a weird one because they kind mm-hmm. of have enough for like two or three teams but yeah they do. there's only four slots and then germany barely has enough players to fill one team so it's yeah. never so, gonna be easy do you think that they should have made pnc bigger uh so instead of 16 teams maybe 32 teams or something 24 i mean if the money is there of course that's of course 24 in my opinion 24 nice Two weekends. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you, if you had 24 or 32 teams, wouldn't you have to have like a tournament where people don't get eliminated? Because I feel like, let's say like India and China gets eliminated, you'd lose so many viewers. Yeah. I feel like. And I, I think they, they really mm. care about that. That's true. I think that it's never going to happen because it's kind of like a promotional tournament and they want to kind of keep the costs reasonable. Yeah. Which is also the reason why there's no qualifiers and shit, right? Because I think the obviously. Mm. The best, I think the best format for me is like have everybody sign up with whatever team they want to play in their nation and then have a uh-huh. qualifier. And then the top four countries just go, you know? But that's like, you need a, you need a qualifier for each country and then you need a qualifier for each region. Um, so it's really, it's really fucking hard and it's quite like quite a lot of time and money. Um, so that's probably why that's never happening. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We were. It was kind of hard, like um, uh, with Nations Cup when we were on overpeakers, because like when you're playing on, you're basically playing on two teams at that point when you're going to Nations Cup, kind of, and so. Clib and me had a break basically from PUBG while Vard and Mexi uh, has to go play the game like yeah. without a break. So it's it's just like the dynamic, like it set both of you like off completely. Like yeah. uh, me and Clib wanted to like grind as soon as it was over, you know, get back to work. And they were like, they needed a break, you know, like two weeks. Yeah. It's really awkward when you have like two teammates going to PNC and then two who aren't. And now I'm in the same boat again, probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, hundred percent, right? There's no, yeah. there's zero chance Gustav isn't going. There's zero chance Fex isn't going. But PNC yeah. was more in the middle, right? It was more in between the events, no? And now, yeah, PNC is before PGEC, or it's also before PEC, though. Uh, oh, it yeah. is actually. Yeah. I thought it's kind oh, of in the middle again. It's two mm. weeks after uh, Saudi Arabia, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to PGS two, uh, you have a very short break, and then you're going to PNC. Yeah. And then it's in September, right? So then you come back and you should really soon be playing PEC too. So probably yeah, Gustav and Fex do not get a whole lot of breaks, I think. Nope. Um, but then again, I don't know. PNC is kind of... Uh, Vacation, no? It's kind of chill. <laughs> it's not a PGC. You're like you're playing with in a in a mixed team in a tournament full of mixed teams, and obviously like some viewers will will hate on me for, for pretending like it doesn't matter or something. It do, it does. It's like it's still good money and stuff, but it's a much more chill tournament than like yeah. a PGC or something. I can see I can see people like they don't probably on the outside viewers don't really understand it, but I think it's exactly that approach that the UK took last year that made yeah. them win. Hundred percent. They went in. They went in with the approach that like. Fuck this! Let's have some fun. Let's not overthink anything. Hundred percent. Play like PUBG, and they just stomped the lobby. So it was the same for UK and Brazil in a very different way, because the Brazilians have like way higher energy. They're like dancing around and shit, and they don't give a they don't give a fuck. And yeah. the UK is just vibing, you know, like ordering McDonald's and not giving a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were like top two for the whole event, both of them. So it, it definitely works. Yeah, it does. Price I think also, like yeah. No, you go ahead. I said the price pool also went down, I think, from 500k to like 300k, right? Yeah. It was always 500k? It was 500. Um, it does have revenue share. That's announced. Oh. So if they don't make the worst skins ever again, like they did last year. What did they do again? It was fucking terrible. It was like a red outfit, looked bad. No yeah, like, I, don't even, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember it, bro. Like, that's how bad it must have been. The only <laughs> thing I remember is these helmets, right? These yeah, helmets, but they, but didn't, they didn't put them in game. Bro. Yeah, they didn't do them. They didn't like, do that would have been sick. PNC 2022 skins. I'm oh, yeah, I remember. They had, like, them up. they had they flags on them, right? Yeah, they made all the helmets. The helmets had flags. The skins in game did not. I'm going to send you the picture, and you're going to you're gonna remember. I'm going to put that up in the video as well. I'm trying to remember even the Nation Cup skins. I'll put it in the thing. It's... It was oh, yeah. the worst esports skins we've ever had. This is like this is what this is what. The, oh my god, <laughs> that helmet, yeah. that hat. These are like 2018 PUBG skins. I feel like they really like these headphones. I really dislike yeah. them. I see them in uh, also the the global partner team skins. I see some of the headphones come back. I, I really yeah. dislike the headphones. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Um, 
It was the worst revenue share in every tournament in PUBG existence that had revenue share. And I think they're the, like for me, they're the only ones I didn't buy. I think I've bought every esports skin and those ones I was just like, I can't like. Surely the, the Pell, Pell uh, bats that we got. Oh, that's the worst oh yeah, share. yeah, but they were for like a whole league. I feel like that's the, yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. like, I mean, they probably have worse, but oh, they're yeah. like right now they're like legacy, you know, they're legacy item. Yeah, Price but they're still, up. Jesus, bro, they're, they're yeah. still so bad. Dude. How many people do you think has a Pell bat? <laughs> I got one. I, I think I got one. I think I bought it. <laughs> Holy shit. Disrespect. Uh, Straight disrespect. Uh... I remember, I, I've told that, like, I say that every time, but the ghost gaming CEO saying we're going to make a giveaway for our entire NPL bat revenue. <laughs> and then the winner got like 110 euros or $110 <laughs> or something. Oh, yeah, he showed the print screen of how much they made, right? Yeah, it was like, he That's... actually gave it away. He actually gave it away on Twitter, but it was just like $100 or something. It was so bad. It's actually really funny that he did that, to be honest. Yeah, it's a fucking banger, like, tweet and <laughs> yeah. everything. For sure. It is. They, they've like they've learned a little bit. I feel like when it comes to skins, and but they still have their moments of like, yeah, yeah, where they they seem incompetent and they just don't know what they're doing. But there's overall, I think it's been a little bit better, like in terms of skins. I think so. I mean, yeah, it's been definitely better. But uh... I think PGC last year was fire. Like the purple ones, the barrel and the SLR and stuff was super good. Mm. Um... I, like, don't get me wrong. How did they go? From PGI 2018, remember the the epic. the PGI yeah. outfit with the mask, like the skull mask yeah. and the, the hoodie, the bandages and everything. It was insane. How did they go from there to pretty much like worse, 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 yeah. worse, worse? Okay, yeah. not fully worse, 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 because that was like you know some cool outfits. But I nothing still has stopped that though. No, nothing has stopped that. Like yeah. it was unique. It was so yeah. sick. It's mm -hmm. so I had a I. I went for a coffee with Luke uh, in, in in Malaysia, and one of the like top esports guys was there with him. So we had a yeah. chat, and he said basically they're just fighting for resources in the skin design team with the the normal game skins and the esports skins. And PUBG just doesn't want to give a whole lot of developing time and resources what? for esports skins because they just they seem that that they like they think they make more money of normal skins. And that's the whole reasoning. Um, and that's mm -hmm. why there was no PGS skins, for example, right? Like last year we had, for every PCS we had skins, and then for PGC. So three times, an, and for PNC. So four times in one year we had revenue share. And this year yeah. it's going to be two times. It's going to be uh, PNC and PGC. Just because they they say they like it's not, uh, it's not like, doesn't make financial sense, which for me is crazy. Um, but they have the numbers and they think they're doing what's best. I don't know. Yeah, they're greedy. They're a little bit greedy. Yeah, but like, like that. I just I don't mean, get it's... it, right? Like how you, you, like last PGC, there was like, I don't know, like, was it a million revenue share? Was it 500k or something? Um, it wasn't a lot. It was like 400k or something. But that means that they made four times that because only 25% of the scale of the sales went into the revenue share, right? So mm -hmm. they're making like uh, 1.5 million or something. Surely it doesn't like, how much does it cost to develop those skins? Like not fucking 1.5 million, like not, <laughs> not even fucking close. 
Like, know, how can not. this not be a valuable <clears throat> investment? How can this not make financial sense to do that? You know? Yeah, That's it's what weird. I, get. I, I see everything as well. I see everything they do. It's like fast money, short term money, but they're not thinking like longevity. Yeah. And I just like, I mean, we still remember too the first skin they added in this game when the game at the same time had like, what was the, the highest uh, point of the game? They had like 3.2 million players online at the same time. They added an orange skin. Have you ever thought about it? How much revenue or how much money they lost in the first two years by not adding yeah. good skins? Yeah. They lost hundreds of millions, like yeah. literally. It took them it's so insane. long to get good. Remember the fucking, the Statract sh shotgun fucking double barrel <laughs> that looks like somebody puked on it and it costs 20 bucks. And I'm just like, how? Like, yeah, how? They got really good with that. Like they're really gotta, good at skins now, I think. I don't mean to like shit talk them, but it's it is wild how with a game with that many players, how you don't see those opportunities earlier and just like yeah. get like a decent skin now. You get a fucking you send out a carrot AK and a carrot K9 or whatever. Yeah. Instead, like it's wild. Yeah. I just by the way, I just looked it up. PGC twenty twenty two, the revenue share amount was one point three three million. And that's only thirty percent of the of the skin revenue. Yeah. So they made like four million of these skins, and they they put one point three million in the price pool. Yeah. There's no way that's not worth it. No. There's no way it's not worth to like hire two more developers and make them do PGS skins, and you don't make one point three million, okay? But you make like five hundred k or something, and suddenly you don't have to pay for PGS anymore. You know? Yeah. Like. How is that not worth it? I don't maybe, understand. Maybe one, one skin developer costs like two million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's crap, right? Like, Twitter, bro. Like, it yeah. can't work like that. It's like, I don't, I don't understand it. It doesn't really add up. Yeah. Hey, but we're never going to get these answers, right? No. <laughs> Do you guys know that, uh, that Eza quit? Oh. oh, really? I don't know if she quit, but she's out. out Since when? By today. <clears throat> Today? Yeah. Okay. I haven't asked her I why yet, know. but I'm going to talk to her for sure. Damn, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, she but... went a lot more AFK lately as well, though. And especially with the last incident in the POH Discord too, where she got flamed a little bit and then she left yeah. the Discord. Uh, what do you guys think about that whole situation, by the way? I, I didn't catch that. That's I didn't understand. Went... I didn't get that. <clears throat> I didn't understand she left. I think it's... Like, it's a weird situation where people complain a lot about not getting answered. And then when they get an answer, they can't just say, okay, thank you for the answer. They have to be like, yeah, but why the fuck would you do that, you fucking idiot? And then they like, <laughs> oh, wow, Ezra blocked me. What is she doing when, like, you're talking to her like she's a piece of shit? Like, obviously, yeah. she's going to block you at some point. I see that a lot in this uh, Pro League Hub Discord. Yeah. Where people just tag like the community managers and they talk to them like it's their fucking everything is their fault yeah. basically. Yeah. And it's just it's just like bro, no one's gonna answer you if you're talking to them like that. They don't no have to talk shit. to you. Like you should be yeah. happy they're talking to you, and then you bro, treat you should, them like shit. These people and should be happy they're in the dude. These people should even be happy they're in this pro league hub Discord, bro. Yeah. That's what they should be happy about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. I <laughs> people are just so fed up and at the same time people lose a little bit of reality like you cannot speak to someone like that you yeah. know in that way yeah um it's it's a bit complicated though because yeah like i said people are so fed up but still you shouldn't be like talking shit to them that hard you know what i mean it's uh, just that weird logic where it's like i'm gonna complain that they don't talk to me 
and then mm -hmm. they talk to me, and then I treat them so shit that they don't talk to me, and then I can complain again. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Like, obviously that's gonna happen. Like, I think I realized, like, I don't know, maybe two or three years ago that uh, the community managers and all this stuff, they are basically like, they're just messengers. Yeah. Yeah. Much. So like, it's whatever and, you say to them is yeah. maybe gonna make it to the next person, and then it stops there. Like, it's uh, it's actually the guy that we talked to and had coffee with and stuff that like he's called Jay. He's like, I think he's pretty high up in the esports. Jay Shin, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, Eza's position was basically the person people complained to for the first two years or something. And now she's mm -hmm. moved on to a higher up position. But that's basically like, she gets those complaints and she passes them through and she tries to improve stuff. But it's just a, it's not a fun job, I don't think. With how, no. how many people are super frustrated and how many people never also... People never see the other side, I feel like. People always see their side and they think that's the fact and that's the truth and they don't like see any sort of concerns or problems or that the other side might have yeah and then you end up in these really toxic discussions that don't lead to anything yeah, <laughs> yeah this I, this jay guy i got yeah. uh luke kind of like shortly introduced me to him and said a lot of good things about him when we were in malaysia it was my first time yeah meeting someone a little bit like higher up from pubg corp i guess and uh basically like Luke and him are good friends as far as I understood. And he actually like listens to Luke at the event. So like they, they, um, they said first that the Nvidia inspector in Malaysia was like, yeah, this is allowed yeah. guys. And then like Luke sent him a text and like five minutes later, it was like, yeah, this is banned. <laughs> <laughs> so like they just don't know, I guess better. And then he yeah. Just yeah. trusted like Luke and probably some of the other managers too. I and think. If you're a global partner, you have a pretty direct, nice line of communication. Yeah. If you're not, it's not that great, but no. They, it's my first yeah. time seeing that like a manager in PUBG had had like any impact, to be honest, on mm -hmm. like the scene or whatever. Yeah. We've had like four different managers and none of them have been like close with any of the PUBG people where they actually have an impact and can make a change. Yeah. And I was That's like, crazy. Damn, like I just got I just witnessed like PUBG doing the right thing. Like yeah. what? <laughs> like <laughs> And that should be the standard, right? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That's the same with like how Riot is everything doing perfect, low-key, how it yeah. looks from the outside. And mm. everyone's like, oh my god, but that should be standard. Yeah. But yeah, it's you get not. some feedback <laughs> and you change. A lot like, of the things that are happening recently where we're like, this is fucking nice, they should kind of be standard, but it's still nice that they're happening. Like someone yeah, yeah. being in PLH and talking to the players or like, you know, being that who do all these open qualifiers <laughs> actually like reacting to feedback and being like, Hey, this was brought to our attention. We have a better solution for this. We're going to do this better thing. And everybody's <laughs> like, what? Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, like this is a whole new world, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. It's crazy. Uh, like, it's crazy how cool. low the standards have become, but it's really yeah. nice that we're getting like some improvements. People are just genuinely being happy and thanking the person for writing in the Discord, like, yo guys, we see this. Yeah. And and everyone's like, oh. Everyone's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's so wild. Yeah. It is. It's, uh, yeah. I think being our, um, our, uh, like, really good at that stuff. They, they're like not, not at like the capabilities yet of like a, like a G-Loot or something where they can produce like 
S tier and like big events and shit, but yeah, they actually like they're made up of people that play the game and like yeah, they are people that have played esports and people that care about PUBG, and you can just tell instantly. I um, I really like that event. The only bad thing yeah. was like the stream quality, I guess. Yeah, and I heard they had limited budget and like time, so like if they when they get that fixed, I think that was really good. I think the budget is tiny compared to other events. Like yeah. Um, there was some weird stuff going on with that, by the way. It's like, I have some background knowledge about these events. And mm -hmm. basically, PUBG said, like, um, make a f make an event with a four-digit budget. So you could have done a 10K event, or you could have done a 90K event. And people didn't know what kind of event to, like, offer them. So, like, mm -hmm. the offers that were made were, like, varying super widely in like price pool and, and budget and everything and then they just kind of picked like a a, a pretty cheap event which i thought was yeah. so fucking weird because like i don't know if, if like you make a you make a tournament with 50k price pool and 90k budget or something and then yeah. they pick a tournament with a 6k price pool and 10k budget and you're just like oh okay like yeah. i just gave the wrong price number mm -hmm. but you just didn't tell me what what to give you I've heard similar strange. stories with PUBG, like, I don't know if it was PSL or something back in the day, where they just said, like, yeah, this is your budget, and it's, like, minimal. Yeah. Like, this, that's it. That's what you get. Yeah. Yeah, it went down a lot. Holy shit. It's rough, too. Like, when you're... Like, think about it, too, right? Even if you make it to all these events, and you're placing relatively high, like, you're not making anything as a player... It's literally mm. just the top right now that is yeah. making money, and the mm. rest isn't. It's really top heavy. They uh, overall, if you make every event this year, the price pool is higher than last year, but you have yeah. to make those two PGSs. Yeah, it's just fucking hard. Like, bro, I've like I'm I'm sitting here on the high seat for like yeah. my my six years in PUBG, of course, but it's at an all time low for me. Even like, I don't think people uh, understand that. I get questions a lot. By like viewers like how can i become pro and stuff and yeah. i i literally tell them like don't go for it bro like yeah if you make it to like where i've been in PUBG right now for the last six years i'm barely making ends meet if i don't win tournaments or if i yeah. don't place high in a tournament yeah like i don't think people realize that this is how like, i kind of like see the scene right now as well like you have this village right of like a thousand people and then you have like the twin, like you have uh, all kind of divisions, right? Then you have the elite people, you know, the twenty people at the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. They are having everything, and the nine hundred eighty yeah, people do. don't get anything. Yep. And instead of working from bottom to top, PUBG decides to go from top to bottom. And I don't think it's bad to have these global partner teams at all. Like we mm. need, the, we need orcs, we need face, we need, we need, we need some of the orcs to make it look professional, right? If we don't yeah. have these orcs, they're gonna look like what the fuck? Who's in there? Like, uh, yeah. uh, just. Mm. Or something, or like you know what I mean. <laughs> and I mean, Ouch. no, I mean that or like yeah, yeah fucking charm farmers and I exactly know, yeah, like random mix names. Just from, and like yeah, 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 and that's just crazy. Yeah, like I know I kind of swap, swap like the subject, but like yeah, that's not how you like. That's kind of how I see it. But it's so and hard think, to solve. Like, like, yeah, what do you mm. do? Like, yeah, it is. It is really hard to solve because they're so deep already. Yeah. Also, the whole like name around the game, the orcs, so many orcs left. Like when you look yeah. at Pell, yeah. like Vitality, uh, I'm just saying like uh, smaller orcs, like Desperados or something, or like all these, everyone. Singularity. Like, 
Singularity, yeah. The other day, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how you would solve it. How would you guys solve it? I I don't know how I would solve it. I just know that I feel like people always the people or the people I talk to at least they they never see the other side, right? Like a big org that pays players a good salary. They want like some stability. They want to know that their team is going to play a certain amount of international tournaments with like a big amount of viewers and shit. And that's why they made this global partner system. And that's why the global partners go to PGS, PGS right? And it, yeah. it makes a ton of sense. Um, and you can still easily miss out on PGC if you're a global partner. They could have just yeah. given invites to PGC if they wanted to. People would still be playing the game. They'd say, holy shit, this is fucked, but they would still be trying, right? Like, you'd still have the same tournaments. You'd still have almost the same people showing up. But they have to strike this balance between we want these orgs to stay, we have to give them stuff for free, and we also want other people to have a chance. Because if you only feed the big orgs, then no other org will ever join your esports because they know they can't get anywhere, right? Like, yeah. Um, how is an Ascend Club going to compete for salaries with a FaZe Clan? They won't. Because FaZe Clan knows they can pay way more because they're getting PGS1, they're getting PGS2, they're getting partner skins. Um, yeah. If you push that too far, all your small orgs just say, well, there's no point. Um, so it's like, it's really fucking hard. And I don't envy that side of PUBG Esports. Like, making mm. that those decisions is not easy. Definitely. And I like that too, the way they hold, like... I like it too that they didn't give the invites to PGC because they yeah. could have, like you said. So that part I really like, you know? Or invites yeah, to finals. Team. Invites to P every PEC final, for example, right? They could have invited yeah. global partners to every final, but they did that last year, right? Yeah. Fucking eight I'm partners really in happy every they PCS. Bro. Yeah. I still feel like I don't get to play the game enough. Like, yeah. last year, only playing finals. Like, you don't get to, like, Everyone is like playing qualifiers, they're warmed up, and suddenly you're going into, you've been playing scrims for the last two months. Yeah. And then you're in finals with teams who've been playing PUBG. Yeah. Like even if you're maybe like, maybe if still if you're, you're Team Liquid and maybe you're better than like, I don't know, 11 of the other teams in the lobby, let's say, you still haven't played the game Yeah. as much as they have. But like, I 100% I get that side. Yeah. But then look at EB's side, who has to go through every single fucking open qualifier right now, mm -hmm. where in the middle of the qualifier, there's a new patch coming, so suddenly there's mortars in the game. People are out there, you have 17 people in your game with a solo clan tag. Like, that's not fun either, bro. Like, playing a best of six every single day for a week, like... This, le this type of stuff can be so easily prevented if they just never did the change where you cannot customize the esports settings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all this stuff... They really need to make like esports mode like customizable so that every time there's a patch, because there will be more patches that would make this happen probably yeah. down the road. Yeah. Like when you can't customize the like the presets, then I think it's fucked every time a patch comes out. In a way, it's like nice to have that sort of like streamlined. You just click on esports and you go, you know. But it doesn't yeah. hurt at all to be able to say like, oh, I want to adjust this preset. Let me adjust this preset. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like to, to speak earlier too, like if you only make finals, right? How many, I think someone wrote it the other day. Maybe it was like you played like 18 days of finals last year, like 18 days of PUBG. That's all you played, right? It 18 was like games, four, you mean, right? Uh, no, 18 days, probably. 18 days, so six games a day, for example, yeah. right? Yeah. A finals is like three days usually, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's two, P, two PC. Uh, the, the PCSs was two weekends as well. So PCSs were, were, were six yeah. days. 
So that makes sense, kind of. If a GLoot, yeah, is, yeah. GLoot is one weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, think about it too. Like, you just said about it, James. Like, how little you played, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how little did you guys play? It's insane. Yeah. So hard to improve and get better in PUBG when you don't have tournaments. Yeah. Like you can't play scrims and make adjustments based off of scrims and your results in scrims. Yeah, definitely. You can't, you can't always analyze scrim games and break them down and like look at what you should be doing differently because sometimes the scrim game is just completely not what a real game would be. So it's like so hard to make improvements as like I hate as it like so the much. Top, top people in the village that yeah. EB is talking about when you don't get to play tournaments. And also like to to like get get a better understanding of your teammates, right? Because everyone in scrims is like everyone's like full dick out. No one cares what's going on. Obviously, people try, yeah. but there's no no one is nervous, and that's also no like pressure. Rough. there's no pressure. How do you try out players, bro? You yeah. send all these teams out all the time in qualifiers. You know, you know they're doing pretty good in scrims. Then they start playing qualifiers, they choke. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's like, how do you also, as players, like imagine being a new player to the scene. How do you get, like, not nervous when you only have one chance, bro? You don't yeah. like you go out of qualifiers right now. That's the only thing I have in my head right now. Like, yeah. the only thing that's fucked in my head is when we play qualifiers. It's like, if I'm gonna be out, I don't get to play anything for two months again yeah. when I really want to. And if we had like a new qualifiers two weeks later, I, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, if we don't make it, whatever. But that's constantly in your head, like, bro. If you fuck up this qualifiers, GG, two months, nothing. Yeah scrims and like how do you try out like how do like you try out players how do you get a better yeah. understanding of your teammates like it's just so hard bro it's so hard i feel like that's the the reason why you don't see many like upcoming players all the time in pubg yeah like, i think clip is a good example of like someone that just like kind of just like got picked up and he was just like good good enough basically he just like i think he wasn't nervous either when he like first like started playing with us I think he had probably, I mean, I can't say for sure, but I think his mindset is like, literally just like, I'm better than these guys. So when yeah. he gets his shot at at a, at a chance like Team Liquid, he just knows he's better and there's no like, he's not nervous or anything. He just like stops people because of it. He played a land before that as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so he, he did like kind of have a little like a, bit of like experience. A kick yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he played that, no, he played that... Um, it's, was it it was like a qualifier land for a tournament that got cancelled, right? Was it that? Before like COVID? Oh, the like, PGS Berlin? Something like that, yeah. Was he there? I think he made that with Tempus. I think so. Yeah, but that was full Danish lineup, right? Mm, I saw him on land he when he was playing with a full... Lineup. Yeah, I think so, maybe. Maybe it was like uh, the lower... I can't even remember, like, bro, it's... It's a while ago. Forever. I forgot that tournament existed, bro. Um, yeah, Tempus was not there. I think they were just in... Um, what do you call it? Tempus. Uh, Contenders? In, yeah, like... Uh, yeah, whatever um, that was called. I'm looking. They played all the PCSs, but I don't see a LAN on that list. I don't know. But they made they made a lot of finals and stuff. I remember that because he he always he's always in pro hub when people complain about open qualifiers. Qualifiers. He's like, yeah, we yeah. made every final, bro. Why don't you? I remember that. I, I think like the only way anyone right now, if they get a chance to play for a team and they're playing a tournament. Yeah. You need to have a fucking strong mindset. You cannot get yeah. fucking nervous and hesitate because if you do, you are gonna suck at PUBG. I mean, it's so hard also, though, bro. It's yeah, so but it's hard. also like the, the the like the the mentality of these teams, right? They don't qualify, they split up. Yeah, it's tilting yeah. me so hard, bro. My team, we just got together, we failed like the first one or the second one, and then we qualified for like a PCS seven and like a pack. 
Yeah. And like we just kept working on it. The mentality and the mindset of these people in this scene as well, especially, is so weak, man. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. triggering to see how like same with PLH, man. New teams all the time. Like you guys need it's... to like people are weak in this game, bro. Yeah. I swear. It's, it's only an NLT that have stayed together as a four man for like for a really long time. Yeah. yeah. People constantly look at kills and all these things and like, yo, this guy's fragging yeah. or this guy, like, you know what I mean? Like, you could have had someone in your team that was holding the back the whole time and he didn't have that many kills and qualifiers. They're like, oh, this guy's shit, bro. Yeah. It's imagine, imagine being like an like a really good IGL that doesn't frag, and you're trying to get on like a top team. How will you ever get there? Who's the people yeah. that made it into top teams out of like open qualifiers in the last year? It's like, Fex, Beamy, Kurexi, Clib. Like, it's all the super strong fraggers, right? It's yeah. all of those cracked kids. Nixie, if you want to talk about Boo, you know? It's all the cracked kids that are really fucking good at shooting. And then an experienced team picks them up and they teach them the rest. Yeah. What if you have a really good mind for the game, but you're just playing on a new open qualifier team every fucking, every fucking qualifier? And mm. one guy on your team doesn't really want to play the game and one guy is super toxic and you never make it anywhere like <laughs> you're just fucked like yeah. nobody's gonna pick up the guy that has like slightly below 1kd but well, that, like, i find it so weird when we split in over pickers how little offers mexi got yeah he's crazy. like a he's not an igl and he's not like a star player or whatever that like yeah so like but everybody that has like played with him thinks he's really fucking good Right? Yeah, he's really good. He's like an information gatherer, like a kill feed, information tracker. He's like a stable rock, like an yeah. anchor. Like, he doesn't yeah. make mistakes. Like, you need stable players like that on your team. Yeah. And it's crazy that, like, I don't know, like, I can't even remember what offers he got, like, after we split up, but I don't think it was many. I don't think, for example, uh, Heroic wasn't even interested in him, I think. And I think that's yeah. kind of wild to not even be interested in a player like that. I mean, we spoke about it, right? People just like personality, you know what I mean? Yeah, people don't like... like... Maxi comes over, like we spoke about that. He kind of comes over as like an angry dude to most people, you know what I mean? <laughs> I That's find that so funny. It he, yeah, always, he always gives me I a don't... feeling like he doesn't like me, even though he never does anything <laughs> to actually show that he doesn't like me, you know? I find, I find it so funny talk about Maxi when people say, say this stuff. What was the thing again when we played DayZ with Maxi? What was it again? Was it, it was the one line. It was the one line we played DayZ. Why are you so angry all the time? We started trolling him with that as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was yeah. it that or something? It yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess like he makes himself look scary. And that's maybe one of the reasons why people weren't so interested in him. But maybe. I don't know. People, like I think people just look too much at the fraggers, the mechanical skills. Like, yeah. They don't think about... And I guess they, they don't think about and they also don't really know what people who aren't like the star players bring to a team. The only thing you can really know is like, oh yeah, this guy's the IGL, and this yeah. guy is the guy who frags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Bro. yeah, and that's what everyone looks at too, especially with Twire, right? Twire yeah. kind of boosts that, right? Yeah. I don't, I never really done the, I don't even, what, what is the name again for making the team all star team or something? Yeah. Fancy, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah, I never really do like, but like that's too, that kind of boosts it, right? Where these get kills and they're like, oh, yeah, skills, skills, yeah, it's just a very, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard yeah. though because you don't know who's doing that work on the team unless you're in that team right or unless yeah. you hear their comms or you're coaching them or whatever mm-hmm. um 
like we have that we have like a super hard structure in our team where we have people that work forwards and people that hold the back and obviously yeah. the people that hold the back they're gonna have way worse stats they're not shooting at people yeah. um they're just surviving keeping cars doing like the dirty work yeah. um but then people come at me and they're like oh this guy's underperforming for three tournaments what's <laughs> going on and i'm just like Bruh, that's he's so not underperforming at all, bro. He's doing fantastic job. You just yeah, have yeah. no fucking idea. But he's you doing... can't have an idea because you don't know our yeah. team. Yeah, they they yeah, don't. That's true. the thing. Like you can't blame them. No. Uh, and it doesn't. Yeah. But that's why every time someone's like, "Oh, who's the best player in PUBG?" and I'm just like, "I don't fucking know." Like, yeah, they're, they're I don't know if example camps. is like talking to his teammates constantly, like reminding them of things, tracking kill feed, or if he's just, "I go kill." You know, yeah. and that's a fucking massive difference, right? Like, bro, yeah. imagine if you have that role in your team where you can just like not, where you don't have to think ahead, like, yeah. or you're the type of I've, player that I've um, had like multiple roles, right? So I've been in game leader a little bit. I've been like co in game leader, and when I joined uh, Face and I wasn't in game leading, dude, it was so easy to play the game. Like my my stats, my stats. I was like, I think I was top fragging the first two tournaments we played, and. It doesn't matter, but it just shows that like how much simpler the game was for me to play when I didn't have responsibility. Yeah. Like it was just my own like performance just went up because I, I can just focus on where I am myself and how to shoot and how to get ready for a fight. It's just I think the like focus that. is the most important word there. Because you just you're just trying to be a good individual player and you're trying to kill people and you're trying to survive. But when yeah. you're trying to bring your other three players into a good position, you're just you're playing a different game. You're yeah. playing chess while everybody else is boxing. You know, like <laughs> it's not comparable. Yeah. It's hard too, because yeah, you have to like yeah, you're playing chess, and then you also have to focus on your own shooting. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And then you're like open on the map, and then like before you know, if you're on this ridge, getting two tap. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like it's extremely hard to get into the zone and like find the focus when you're doing multiple things. I think that's hard. the thing with the zone, yeah, especially like getting into the zone and being extremely focused. Mm -hmm. It's really yeah. hard to find that when you're doing multiple things. Like, I mean, I've I've, uh, I've read like books about flow state, and I've I've watched like uh, read articles on on the internet and YouTube videos, and done so much like small like prep to try and like figure out the key, you know, like yeah. how yeah. can I be like in the flow state all the time, you know? Yeah, and consistent. Yeah, it's just like you need to find like triggers to get in there and a lot of the articles will say that like you can't do multiple things at once if you want to get like fully focused on something yeah you need yeah, to like imagine one. you're playing imagine you're playing this game and you're constantly like getting this map thing open you know what i mean yeah like you're playing this map goes open and like yeah literally i'm also the type of guy i'm clicking the map a lot so it's constantly like flickering in my face and in the meanwhile <laughs> i have to do things see where my teammates are too and yeah, like you said, teams. If you're if you're not like uh, if you can just play the game, you know, you're there's a lot of people too, as, as my teammates as well. When we watch votes, like people don't really open their map. There's probably a lot of people that don't open their map. Their focus is just purely on the game. Yeah, keeping themselves alive, good positioning, good peaks, and like I would love to see like if I would take like I don't know an entire tournament. Like let's say I take the rotation that we just played. I would check every game. How much time did I have the map open? How much time did I survive? It is probably twenty to thirty percent of my playtime. I swear to God, I can like go in a building and just look at the map. Mm -hmm. I want to see these stats. Here. I wish they had stats from all of the players. That would be cool. You get like a list of hundred to how many people. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like sixty-four, 
64 players and you can see those kinds of stats too that would be very interesting i'd be super sick that would be a very interesting stat by the way to know yeah. because that really shows yeah like yeah i've had the i've had the same thing with you, you just said where i usually usually it's brex pov streaming right so if i'm killfee mm -hmm. tracking i'm watching brex's stream if we're scrimming i'm watching brex's stream but then we were like let's switch that up let's have me watch other players backseat them a little bit yeah. And then some of them, I just get frustrated to shit because Brex is like, "Oh, we could go yellow later, but we could have to. We might have to play yellow line, but there is still enemies on new yellow line." Yeah. And the player doesn't open their map. Yeah. yeah and I'm just no like, "How do you play the game like this? Bro, like, people don't yeah. open map. People it's don't open crazy. map. It's crazy." We had the same thing with K Mine. Tanner would watch K Mine, and K Mine is the only player I know that plays hold like on map key, like yeah. he has to hold the map key. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> and, and Tanner was so frustrated with him when he started, because he was like, I was like calling stuff and he wouldn't look at the map or he would just like open it for a second and not realize what I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is crazy though. Like, I think a lot of people don't open the map, but it, it is a hard, it is hard though to um, play the game if everyone is opening the map. I think yeah. that's why in like this case, Every team I've been on, we've been super focused on having callouts for every compound, every yeah. hill, so that when you're saying, when you're the in-game leader and you're trying to say this type of stuff, that in the example you gave, it was a lot of yellow, mm -hmm. yellow mark, yellow it's this. It's yeah. terrible. We always try, yeah, we try to do like, we need to play through uh, fuss compound and kill Exalt in here, and then we fight up, you know, like so that people who aren't opening the map, they can kind of envision it without it's two different senses your, your your ears are listening to your idl and your eyes are playing the game it's way yeah. easier and yeah it is yeah I but it's also really hard as an idl to start doing that because i for example i have a really bad habit of like oh yeah this is probably what nlt would play in circle one but i don't actually know it's them yeah and i'll see i'll see like nlts in farm compound for example and then suddenly farm compound team moves and i will be like Oh, NLT is moving, and my team is probably bad. like, yeah, yeah. My, my team is probably like, the fuck is he talking about? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's also that know, stuff just... is dangerous too, because you're making these teams? reads right, and they're not always yeah. going to be right, and then sometimes yeah. that can get really confusing. It will because really you have confusing. that moment where somebody gets knocked, and they're like, what the fuck? NLT is not in farm. Yeah. Or like they're like, oh, I got knocked by NLT, and then the resing teammate thinks it's farm, but it was actually like Sharkfin or whatever, you know? Like yeah, that can yeah, be really it's... fucked. Yep. In general, these type of reads, like, I mean, there's a lot of things with PUBG, right? Like also preparation and stuff. But I feel like at the end of the day, what I more and more believe in in PUBG is you play what's in front of you, right? Yeah. So like you can do all these preparation things. You can, like some teams, they look over a lot of other teams. Like, I just feel like PUBG is more and more what's in front of you. And um yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Yeah, I think people got so good at the game that you have to focus on making the game simple and making default strats. I just think... Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. I think I think making the game simple is always always good. The game is so mm -hmm. complicated. And yeah. that's kind of what you said earlier too, right? With like having names for every compound, you're putting the work in beforehand to make the game simple in the moment. So yeah. you don't yeah. have to explain what compound you're talking about because everybody knows where Mexi is. Everybody knows what Bigfoot is. So you've made the game simpler. And I yeah, think that's yeah. kind of like key to, to training PUBG. It's just dumb it down because it's so fucking complicated in the moment. Yeah. You yeah. want it to be as dumb as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one thing for sure. Yeah. Like the whole 
map callouts and everything. It's like a must in every team, I would say. Yeah, and now yeah. we're playing Tego and we're playing Vikendi next tournament. Like, no chance. <laughs> Tego is yeah. hard. Tego is hard too because all the buildings, they yeah. look alike. Like, we tried a little bit, for example, in Hosan. We tried to come up with some names and I've been trying to think a little bit. But it's, it's extremely bro. hard. You, you crash these compounds, it's four one stories, bro. Yeah. We're getting, the only we, difference is the roof colors, for example. We it's made like, call us the book Sansa, bro. It's it's like we have you have like small China and big China, and I still can't I don't know which one is which because they're still like the same way in building. Yeah. Like it's so hard. Like that that whole place, they also have these small gates everywhere and these connectors. Yeah, yeah. It's just like impossible bro and every compound kind of on wanna... the map is a god compound because they all have <laughs> nothing around it and they have like an outside wall so you can't yeah. crash in like cube castle yeah like everything is the same yeah we haven't really we haven't really done that yet either with uh with tego yet we should do that but uh i've been trying to like every time i'm like guys i'll think a little bit and it's just like poof tego is really fun though competitive it's so much fun ranked yeah, it's fun because like it's new yeah, like but like ranked and hot dropping and shit, I find it so boring on Tego. But like comp comp Tego is really fun to play. I think there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of shit circles still where there's no yeah. cover and stuff. Yeah. Which kind of reminds me of the old Erangel that we had like way back. Yeah. Like we had a late game yesterday where it was, it was three teams alive and suddenly we had to move inside zone and the other teams didn't and there was nothing. There was just nothing. Yeah. Our only play is to drive on one of the other teams, so we cannot win the game anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got one more thing, by the way. Yes. No, you can go first, Cole. No. It's fine. I'm okay. going gonna, gonna to start a new topic or something. Real, you just real fast. Because we are talking about late games, right? Like, Circle... What do you guys think about Circle 7? It should never hard shift in the late game, right? Or is, or is it Circle 8 right now? I got a little brain fart real fast. 8 doesn't hard shift. Or 8, eight has water ratio again. But I think eight doesn't hot shift, and I think maybe seven doesn't either. I think seven mm. might actually. I'm not sure. I there's mean, one, one zone before the end up. game. I can look it up. There's always one circle before the end game that yeah. hard shifts to one side. I think it should never hard shift. By the way, that six decided or seven, like yeah, it decided so many yeah. like end games. Yeah, it does. Like it decided so many end games. It, re like, it really decides them a lot. You can still always win if the sort of hard shifts away from you, but it is really hard to, to yeah. win them. Like it's, you have yeah. to play perfect to win them. Yeah. And you have to like hit your shots really good. And yeah. Meanwhile, the other team that gets the hard shifts don't really have to do much other than just like shoot their DMRs. Especially when there's like, goals. especially when there's like a compound still inside or something. And then it just oh. goes to the compound and they can play their outside wall and everybody else has to just move through the open. Wow. They have like one rock or something. It's been a while since we like talked about this topic, but I really think that like from like phase five or six or something, Circle should just like center up and you know where the star is going to be. And yeah. everyone knows if it's going to end inside that compound. So they know that they can already, for example, dive and crash that compound. Yep. Yeah, definitely okay something that. like that. And make I the agree. winning play, you know, like... Because these end games now, like... Phew. Yeah, I just looked it up. The, the circle, like, it has one value, like, where it can go. And it's all the same for phase two to, to eight. So they're, they're all just as likely to hard shift. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Um, I think we should try that sometimes in scrims as well. We could, yeah. It, where it just remember when shift. we were like when people were trying out circle settings and scrims and then we gave that peep back to PUBG and they were like yeah that's our esports settings now yeah Fucking I remember still the, where the loot was improved as well yeah mm -hmm. Fucking good times 
Yeah, and I, I mean, definitely, like, definitely, it's uh, that that late game stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely a bit better. Yeah, I think in general, like, it would be those kind of changes. I would really like to see like uh, something with water ratio, like either remove, like, reduce the amount of unplayable or make the circle shift differently, but. Um, like, make it a little bit let more random. Like, don't make the circles predictable. I feel like Tego is a good example, right? Where there's so much unplayable that we're already seeing, like, really strong circle patterns. And we've yeah. only been playing it for, like, a month or something. Yeah, it's giving me Sunhook vibes already. It's, yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's, bad. Like, oh, young, bro. It's like, like, I spoke with Koho about it's it already. Magnet. All the games that I played, it just goes, oh, young, oh, young, yeah. oh, it goes easy, easy, easy all the time. It's, it's like literally the same. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's like yeah. in the 20 games we played so far, 30 games, like all the time east. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's or that like, area, like that area east of uh, Yongchong, like that, that little triangle half island thing. Mm -hmm. It loves mm -hmm. going there. And then you just sit in the bottom compound where you have the curved road around you and you just win the game for free. And it's like, yeah. okay. Meanwhile, every team coming from the south has to strategize what's the best send and play. You know? 15 teams yeah. on the, like 10 teams on the south, like two teams on the west, <laughs> two teams yeah. on the east, one team winning in the north. Everybody else yeah. is fucking struggling. Yeah, really struggling. Yeah. It's wild. I think, I think as well, I think Tego is fun, but I think it's, it's worse than the other two maps. But it's not bad enough that it like it would be random or something. Like I think the best mm. teams still win. Like it's slightly I, less competitive. I don't know if it's worse. I yeah, that's I think that's an opinion. There's no facts yeah. there. I just think it's a little worse because there's so much unplayable and there's so much open. But it's not bad enough that it's not like it's still good enough to be a PUBG esports map. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I agree. And they didn't do any reworks yet or make any change in Tego, right? Because they already did with Fidelity, They added these, like, you know, these super tiny craters? They have, the, like, a these few little holes, them. yeah. But it was, like, no that was, like, a three megabyte patch, you know? Like, that was not a real rework. Yeah. I'm going to cut it there. I think that was a good first half of the episode. Uh, lots of interesting topics. Um, I hope you guys like the sort of more chill conversation uh, vibe. Uh, instead of the strict interview with like going through topics. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we absolutely loved it. We planned for a 45 minute episode. We ended up talking for an hour 45. Um, so that's why we're cutting it a little bit uh, in the middle to make it watchable on YouTube and to make it more editable for me as well. And uh, yeah, thanks for watching so far. Make sure you subscribe for part two. That will be in a few days. Um, if you want to support the podcast, there's always my credit code in-game to support me for free that will be in the description uh, or you can use my patreon um, if you're crazy about this kind of content hope you have a good rest of your day and i'll see you around for part two